Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Rick Jay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from North Carolina. Today is Monday, November 8, 2021. We are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter Working with Others on page 97, the second paragraph, beginning with, We seldom allow an alcoholic, and reading through two paragraphs, ending with, We'll find life more bearable. Today's readers are... Jeannie P., The Twelve Steps, Kim T., The Twelve Traditions, and our big book readers are Julie R. in the text, Nancy P. on page 164, and Pete B. is our backup reader. Our newcomer reader is Leon B., and our second-hour moderator is Marie F. The reference number for Sunday, November 7, 2021, is 18,043. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. Overeaters Anonymous is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. At a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jeannie P. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Jeannie P., Recovered Overeater, with the 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being that the exact nature of our wrong. Six, we entirely re- were entirely ready to have God remove all our of these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them, all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these steps in all our affairs. Thank you, Jeannie. I will now ask Kim T. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Kim T. in Northern Michigan. Uh, The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority 
a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. 11, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you, Kim. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, at the end of which I will give you a gentle reminder. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what we've read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone should be muted except the speakers. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter Working with Others on page 97, the second paragraph, beginning with, we seldom allow an alcoholic, and reading through two paragraphs, ending with, we'll find life more bearable. I will now ask Julie R. to begin reading. Hi, thank you, Rick. Julie R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. We seldom allow an alcoholic to live in our homes for long at a time. It is not good for him, and it sometimes creates serious complications in a family. Though an alcoholic does not respond, there is no reason why you should neglect his family. You should continue to be friendly to them. The family should be offered your way of life, should they accept and practice spiritual principles. There is a much better chance that the head of the family will recover, and even though he continues to drink, the family will find more life more bearable. Again, Julia, our compulsive overeater, in a way, it's it's a little different, but I have had the opportunity to work with um, someone and their husband wanted to know more about the program. And it was very, very helpful um, for my sponsee, but also for the husband, to give them an idea of the, you know, 
the nature of our disease and the severity of it and how prayer and meditation is key, key for the, um, you know, for somebody to become recovered. I've also talked to um, doctors um, of a sponsee because they didn't know about OA. It's key that, you know, we just offer whatever we can to help that still suffering compulsive overeater. And I have circled where it says you should continue to be friendly to them. Even if the sponsee is in the food, I've had um, the husband call me and say, what do I do? What do I do? And I just offer, you know, I don't give them, you know, I don't offer opinions and I don't try to talk therapy. I just talk about my own experience and how my family supported me throughout it. You know, it's like today, how does it look with the the Zoom world? You know, I mean, COVID kind of, you know, we we took a stand back from, you know, having face-to-face meetings, but, you know, I'm still available if anybody wants to talk to me that's in their family. Um, I've had a chance of about 20 years ago, a good friend of mine in relapse, I offered her to come stay with me so that she could, you know, be in a safe place to be abstinent. I mean, these are things that we can do if you feel safe. There's, it's, we, there's so many other things we can do. Um, you know, I know I didn't say this in this paragraph, but I've been of service to my doctor. They give my name to people who want to get the, the weight loss surgery. And you know what? You know, it's been, I've helped a couple of people make that decision not to do the weight loss surgery by just being there and talking to their family as well. So, yeah, you know, we, we can do a lot in OA. You know, it's not like, you know, we have to um, go out and, and drag people off their couches or anything. But, you know, we, are, we could be supportive. And I know my husband, he, he attended a couple OA meetings because he wanted to understand what disease I had. And how could he be of help? So, yeah, there's nothing wrong with helping the family. And with that, I pass. Thanks. All right, Julie, thank you so much for getting us started. Before we get our first group of names, just a reminder that although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. Please give me your first name only and the first initial of your last name, who would like to share on what was read today? Charles H. All right, Charles, got you, brother. Who was that right after Charles? Stacy A. Stacy A. Got you, Stacy. Aaron K. Fleck Page. Aaron K. And then who is after Fleck Aaron K? Please. Sorry, one more Pete time. Pete B. Okay, I got you, Pete. Who was right between Aaron and Pete B? I heard a name right after Aaron K, and I didn't quite get it. Okay. So, so far, this is who I have. I have Charles H., Stacey A., Aaron K., and Pete B. Anybody else want to get in on uh, our lineup here? Okay, we'll start with these four, and after that, we'll take another group of names. So, um, just a reminder, when you introduce yourselves, include the uh, first initial of your last name and your state. Charles H., you are up, followed by Stacey A. Go ahead, Charles. 
Thank you very much, Rick J. This is Charles H. from New York, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. I want to focus in on should they accept and practice spiritual principles, there's a much better chance that the head of the family will recover. You know, um, it has not been in my experience that, you know, in dealing with sponsorees that I've had an opportunity to talk to their family. However, um, you know, I, I do talk with sponsorees, and, 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 and I gave the Tim, Dunkel, Mike, Tim Duncan, Michael Jordan analogy before. I'm going to use Michael Jordan again and, and, and the rest of the Bulls teams in, 90s, in the 90s when they, they won those six titles in eight years. You know, um, no sponsor in Overeaters Anonymous or no fellow in Overeaters Anonymous is, is, is quote-unquote Michael Jordan. Um, of 12-step, there's no Michael Jordans in 12-step program. Um, well, maybe there are as far as having 25-year resentments against, you know, team, you know, team members that, you know, maybe fight for the structure. There's only a supporting cast, you know, a supporting cast where, you know, as part of my own recovery that I try to carry the message. You know, you could talk to some of the most frequent flyers on this line, and they'll tell you that you know, they have a 100% rate of, of recovery when they try to carry the message. But it's not a Michael Jordan type, you know, I'm the best in a mental illness type of program. But should they accept spiritual principles? Maybe, just maybe, right? Because, you know, i got a family that they can't stand Overeaters Anonymous. i got a family that's jealous of Overeaters Anonymous. But there's three things I can do about any of those situations. And y'all know what it is, recover, recover, recover. And I'm just so grateful to know that I'm powerless over people, places, and things, people's attitudes, people's opinions, and people's agendas. I'm just so grateful for today to be in the middle of the herd and know that, you know what, like I ain't talking nobody off the cliff. If you on the cliff, you know, I might say just jump because that's what you want to do. Like if I'm on the cliff, nobody's talking me off the cliff. So I'm grateful that I stay off that cliff. You know, I set boundaries, healthy boundaries, and I don't be chasing people. I'm so grateful that I'm chasing recovery like my life depends on it. So thank you very much, Rick J., for your service. Thanks, Charles. Appreciate that. And uh, Stacy A., you are up next, followed by Aaron K. Go ahead, Stacy. Hi, I'm Stacy A. Bulimic, um, abstinent from the grace of God for today. Um, talking about the, partic- the participation of family members and getting involved, um, that part resonated with me because last night I had a conversation with my grandfather and his wife, and um, I sat down with them and I told them that I am in OA and that I am bulimic and that um, I'm working with a therapist and a nutritionist and I'm in a fellowship and a 12-step program. And my grandfather never knew that. Um, he knew I had some problems, but never knew I was a bulimic and had an eating disorder. And I explained to him for the first time ever about it. And then I have a disease and I'm powerless over some food. And I sat down with him and his wife and I explained everything. And I can't eat some food. And they asked me about it. And for the first time, I talked to them about it. And they said, but since I have entered programs, that they saw a change in me for the better over the last two years. Even though I've had slips along the way, um, that 
being in program that I have matured and um, it's changed my life, this program. And also I said, program has helped me connect with a higher power and without it, I would be a different person. And I found uh, a spiritual connection also. And I'm forever grateful for that because this program has changed my life. And with that, I will pass. Stay safe from New York. Thank you so much. Thank you, Stacy. All right, Aaron Kay, you are up next, followed by Pete B. Go ahead, Aaron. Hi, this is Aaron Kay, recovered compulsive overeater in Michigan. Thank you, Rick, for your service. Um, you know, I read the line, it is not good for him. And I know this is talking about, you know, physically allowing someone to live in your home, but it reminds me more about, you know, becoming overly dependent on your sponsor or any one person in the program is not good for me. And um, I, you know, I, I struggled mightily in, in OA for about two years, not being able to recover, stay abstinent. And, and I had a sponsor that whole time. And she turns out she was a therapist by training. And I was really emotionally dependent on her and I used her, I talked to her every single day and it was almost like I, I used her as my therapist. And then, you know, I, I got desperate. I, I got led to vision. I introduced myself as a newcomer and a woman called me and, um, you know, she had struggled mightily in the program for a lot longer than me, um, connecting to a higher power and figuring this thing out. And, you know, I started working with her and, she had a very different approach and, and she, you know, she required me to make a certain amount of calls a day to other people. We did not necessarily talk every day. I did not become overly dependent on her. Um, you know, she was not my therapist. She was my big book guide and she was a, a, a dang good one. Um, but it was those calls that I, I had to make every day that fellowship that I had to build that started to open me up to a conception of a power, you know, bigger than me that could work in my life and help me with this food problem. And I'm just really, really grateful for that approach. And um, because over-reliance on one person is not good for me because I, I, I can't rely on people. I have to rely on this power. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. All right, Aaron Kay, thank you so much. Pete B., you're up next, and then we'll take another list of names. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, thanks, Rick. Uh, my name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy. I'm in Pennsylvania, and the delusion that I'm like other people has been smashed. And uh, thanks for taking the meeting, Rick. It's good to see you in service. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was thinking about this one sentence in here. The family should be offered your way of life, right? It, 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 you know, it, the 12-step the, the the, the recovery program, uh, it, you know, it's used in GA, it's used in AA, it's used in NA, it's used in whatever, A, whatever A's you can find that's utilized, right? Because... You know, we have, we have a, a, a disease that is t- it's twofold in nature. It's a physical allergy, right, and a mental obsession. Uh, 
you know, it, 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 you, the, the physical allergy is treated with entire abstinence, and the mental obsession is treated by a spiritual experience. And you can apply those things to, you don't even have to have a, you know, the first day or the first though. You, you know, like the, these, these principles will help anybody. They'll help anybody. We have, we have one solution in these programs, one solution. Stop engaging in the behavior or using the substance 100% entirely. Grow spiritually and help others. It's the answer to every challenge that you have. We have no other, there's no other, there's no other answer. Stop using the substance. Grow spiritually. Help others. I guess that's the rinse, wash, and repeat or whatever that other saying that people say it is, right? That's their only solution, right? It doesn't say the family should be offered your program, right? Our way way of life isn't, you know, weighing and measuring our food. Our way of life isn't, you know, quantifying the, 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 you know, how many 10 steps a day we do. Our way of life isn't, you know, know, measuring how well I'm doing by how many people I'm sponsoring. Our way of life is a spiritual way of life. Right, it says the, the, the foreword to the 12 and 12s, it says AA's 12 steps are spiritual in nature, which if practiced as a way of life, will expel the obsession to drink and enable the sufferer to live happily and usefully whole. That's available to anybody, whether or not they have a condition or not. Happily and usefully whole, usefully whole is available to everybody. But, you know, for me, I needed to stop referring to this as program. Right? It doesn't say it doesn't say you compartmentalize your disease and that's how you address it and then you carry on with the whole rest of your life. Like it's you know, the book talks about turning our life and will over to the care of God as we understand God. There's no you know, it's not it's not it's not the practices that's program. It's not the reach around calls and the sponsor sponsorship. It, it it's reliance and dependence upon our creator. To address and resolve every issue that we encounter so that we can walk through life as a demonstration of God's love, God's will, God's way of life. And that is available to anybody who seeks it. And with that, I'll pass. All right, Pete. Thank you so much. Before we continue with our second group of names, we are in the chapter Working with Others of the Big Book, page 97, the second paragraph, beginning with, We seldom allow an alcoholic, and reading through two paragraphs, ending with, we'll find life more bearable. And though we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. Who else would like to share today? Cat A. Okay, Cat, gotcha. Loretta H. Hello, Loretta, gotcha. Melissa C. Hello, Melissa. Good morning. Got you down. Good morning. Here, F. 
that was is that Sheer S? How how do you sorry about that? I I got the S. What was your first name again? Sheer S H I R F as in Frank. Oh, okay. Sheer F. Gotcha, Sheer. Thank you. All right, anyone else? We've got some good time on the clock here and love to hear from those who may not have shared before. This would be a good time to jump in. All right, we'll go ahead and go with uh, this group, and we'll have time for some more. So, Cat A, you're up um, next here, uh, followed by Loretta. And just a reminder to include the state you're from. So, Cat A, go ahead. Hi, I think it's actually Tess. T is in Tiger, E-S-S. Oh, I'm so sorry. Tess. That's okay. You're good. Go, Go ahead. Uh, all right. Good morning, everyone. My name is Tess A., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from New York. Um, and about, like, offering the family your way of life, it reminded me of kind of a funny story of, like, how, in a sense, not to do that. Um, I was, like, new into program. I was very excited about it. And I was, like, talking to my mom one day. And I just, like, you know, I knew that she had experience with, addiction in her family and in my own like excitement and like you know overzealousness I was like oh you should like go into this 12-step program and uh, I like realized and took a step back and I was like that's not how I like carry this message Um, and I had to take a step back and like remind myself and I apologized to her and like quickly made the amends and, and she was very understanding but I realized like in my own life and my carrying this message and practicing my principles in all my affairs, like I offer the message to my family just by the way that I live my life. I don't have to do it with like, you know, handing out like invitations and suggesting 12-step programs to all the other people in my life. Like that's definitely not how I carry this message. Um, But in how I live my, in how I live my life each and every day by, you know, turning my will and my life over to God every single morning, asking God to walk with me, like, you know, every moment of my day and just pointing out to me like what are the ways that I can just be of service to people all around me um, including my own family like that's how I carry the message um, especially to my own family Um, so I just wanted to share that with everyone this morning and with that I pass thank you all right thank you so much Tess Loretta H you're up next followed by Melissa C go ahead Loretta good morning Rick from North Carolina. This is Loretta H. from North Carolina, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. I like the idea we seldom allow the alcoholic to live in our homes. I was in the program in 1985 where it was just about a food plant. I got very sick and very anorexic. And as a result of that, I brought an anorexic home to live with us from a hospital. And it almost destroyed my marriage. So... That is a tale of, um, that I, this time around, when I came in 2001, it, I knew that um, that was not my job, nor was it my um, responsibility. And um, because for me, um, I had a very wonderful sponsor who was a nutritionist in, in 2001, but we, her husband used to say it was the blind leading the blind, and that was very humili- 
humbling to me to realize that. And what I, and this is the reason, a sense of duty, it's a pleasure, because in doing so, I'm paying my debt to the man who took me time to pass it on to me, because every time I do, I take a little more insurance for myself against the possible in Dr. Bach's Nightmare 181. And then the other thing is, each day my friend's simple talk in our kitchen multiplies itself in a widening circle of peace on earth and goodwill to men. So if I recover, 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 I am able to be a Christmas card for today. And that's what it's about. It's trying to see... God's will into my, being servant to his will, trying to bring that into somebody else's clean house, trust God, and um, help others. And then I can see the face of God in everybody in this day. And with that, I pass. Rick, I see the face of God in you, and with that, I pass. Bye. Well, thank you so much for that, Loretta. And Melissa C., you are up next, followed by Sheriff. Go ahead, Melissa. Hey, good morning, Rex. Thank you so much for your service this morning. Good morning, everyone. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in New York. And, you know, I don't remember. I, I might be sharing too soon, and I was, like, trying to hold back, and then I heard Rick, and there was all this quiet, and, and his, just, his share just got me right in the heart. And um, so, you know, I think about, like, offering this way of life, and that. Yeah, a way of life is not another food plan. And I've had, you know, I've had people who've reached out to me concerned about family members. And generally, they want me to instruct their family member about what they should be eating. You know, I've had a couple of girlfriends reach out to me who were concerned about their daughters. And they said, um, can, you talk to, can you talk to my daughter about the way that you eat? And actually what I wound up doing is instructing my girlfriend, you know, my friend, about, um, you know, practicing a spiritual way of life, you know, meaning, um, like, let God be God. You know, put your trust and reliance on God. If you're concerned about your daughter, start with some prayer, right? Let's just start with some prayer. Um, you know, prayer is, prayer is a powerful thing, and we learn that here. And the other thing I think is that, I'm also a family member. I have, you know, I have children, um, one of which I am really certain she's walking around with this disease. She has put on a tremendous amount of weight. And, and her life, is, you know, gets difficult at times. And I said to her one time about the mess in her room, I made a comment that, like, I'm like, please just eat in the kitchen. There's all, you know, just sit down at the kitchen and eat. I, I can't stand the food in your room. And she said, I can't eat in the kitchen. And I was like, what? She said, I can't. She goes, every time I eat there, you make a face. And I really, I mean, that got me. It got me right to the core. And I thought, I am not practicing the spiritual way of life with this girl. And I, I made an amend to her. I apologized. And I said, and then she said to me, which really... I think about it all the time. She's like, Mom, I don't want to do anything about it. But when I do, I know where to go. And I thought, okay, that's the best we can do. Um, I am glad that my spiritual way of life is not compartmentalized. When people ask me, how's my program? I have a program. I have a way of life, and it works. 
and it works in all situations. And um, thanks for that on that. Well, thank you so much, Melissa C. Sheriff, you're up next, and then we can take a few more names. Go ahead, Sheriff. Good morning. I'm Sheriff F. Compulsive Overeater from Northern New York. And I um, wasn't 100% sure what I was going to say because um, I don't have a lot of experience with 12-stepping um, because I keep – I've been in the program for over 20 years, but I almost never have gotten to a point where <clears throat> I feel comfortable um, carrying the message in a way that uh, other people – can hear, and I've also been in and out of recovery in the program myself. Um, but the part that struck me is the part about the family, because I I have had trouble working my program into my family life. You know, my boyfriend wants to have breakfast together every morning. I need my morning time to do my prayer and meditation and a little bit of exercise and just kind of be alone and, and, you know, and listen to vision. And um, I'm having trouble sort of, I guess, standing up for myself, not standing up for myself, but just making my needs known. He, he's perfectly happy to accommodate anything I want. Um, but I, I need to feel comfortable Stating those needs so that I can live my program in all aspects of my life and not just in weighing and measuring my food, which he's perfectly fine with. And he asks me questions, you know, last night after dinner, um, I was on a meeting and let, just left the food in the kitchen to be packed up. And then when I came back to pack it up, I was like, I can't do this right now. I feel really vulnerable. So he did it. And he's like, well, what did you mean when you said you felt vulnerable? I said, it's, this is a really bad time for me <laughs> here on food after dinner. Um, and he's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do the packing up from now on. And, um, you know, we're just making our life together. So it's, it's all new. And I, it's an opportunity for me to kind of put those norms into place now. Um, but I need to keep asking my higher power and my sponsor and other people for help in how to do that. So I guess I need other people to help me with, <laughs> with my family and my um, way of working program into my family life. So um, be grateful for any advice people have and uh, my number's on the list and thank you for letting me share. Rick J, star one to unmute your phone. Rick J. Oh, sorry. Thanks, Katie. Um, so before we continue with our third group of names, we are in the chapter Working with Others of the Big Book on page 97. The second paragraph, beginning with We Seldom Allow an Alcoholic, and reading through two paragraphs, ending with We'll Find Life More Bearable. And although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So uh, please just give me your name and the first initial of your last name. And who else would like to share today? Donna M. So, uh, sorry, I got two, two names. Veronica from New oh, York. Those oh, are R. Okay, I, I just got a, a little knot there, so I, I've... 
I've got Nessa R. And then there were a couple of names, two or three names right before Nessa. Could you please, before anybody else new jumps in, those who just were giving me their names, could you uh, give it to me one more time, please? Donna M. Donna M. Okay, and then after Donna, what was what was your name? I'm so sorry. I'm I'm having a little trouble here hearing you. After Donna N. Darian K. Oh, Darian K. Hilda S. from Florida. Okay, and what was your first name again? From Florida. Um, could the person from Florida just please unmute and tell me your first name again? Helga S. from Florida. Okay, and how do you spell that? Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, how do you spell that? Could you tell me how you spell your name, please? And that way I can get it down here on the list. H-I-L-D-A. Okay, Hilda, thank you so much for your patience. All right, so we anybody else? All right, we're going to stop there and Hope then uh, we, Veronica oh, go C ahead. from New York. Who's that from New York, sorry? Veronica C. All right, Veronica. Okay, this is what we'll stop with Veronica C. All right, so here's what we have. We have Nessa R, Donna N, Darian K. Hilda, I didn't get your initial, your last name, and Veronica C. All right, so, Nessa, go ahead. Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, when I first found this way of life and I recovered, I was so gung-ho about carrying the message. But I wasn't really carrying the message. I was, like, pushing the message um, like a bull in a china shop uh, through to my personality, which was described by employers as a bulldozer or a steamroller. Um, and I did that at meetings. I did that at home. And it didn't really work very well. Um, and in some cases, um, it even had the opposite <laughs> the opposite effect of turning people off. And, you know, I guess experience has shown me um, something that I, I should have realized, um, you know, in recovery. It says, uh, step 12 is try to carry this message. And why do we try to carry this, the message? Why, do, why does it say the word try? Um, and it's because a message to be carried needs both a transmitter and a receiver. And I can be the transmitter, but I cannot guarantee that the receiver will accept it. And, you know, um, it's the same thing here. When it says the family should be offered this way of life, it doesn't say this, the family should be made to accept this way of life at any cost. It said it should be offered, um, you know, and... Uh, if they accept it, great. If they don't, then, you know, like I've done my part. Um, but I continue to do my part every day, as, as has been shared uh, before, just by the way I live, uh, by the way I eat. First of all, you know, when we eat at home or when we go to restaurants or events, you know, 
that's uh, obviously what catches most people's attention, just like right off the bat, that I eat totally different um, than most people do, um, that I have some sort of quote-unquote discipline the way I see the way they see it, not the way I see it. I mean, it's my undiscipline. Um, the reason why I have to eat this way, but they see it as this discipline. Um, they see it in my reaction to challenges and adversities and, and unexpected, you know, curveballs that just life and God throw my way. Um, and that's all you can do. And it doesn't matter if I have qualifiers at home, which I do, um, or not. Um, you know, the way I live my life is the best way to try to carry the message and the best way to offer it, um, not only to family, but friends and, and colleagues and, and uh, you know, people in the meetings. Um, so I think a soft approach, it's like, this is has worked for me. I'm very happy. I used to be very unhappy in addition to very heavy. And now I'm very happy. My life is manageable. Um, is, thank you. It's desperation and pain that will bring a person to accept what we have to offer and we cannot force them to reach that level. Um, and uh, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nessar. Donna, and you're next, followed by Darian Kay. Go ahead, Donna. Hi, it's Donna M. Um, M as in man from Toronto, Canada. And I'm grateful to be on the line to share today. Um, when this book was written, it was written at a time that um, a lot of the people, well, I shouldn't say a lot, but um, the alcoholics usually came through, through, um, through the attention of family members. And today, that is a rare occasion in, in OA. But so, but I am so grateful to, today to be recovered. And through my recovery, my family gets to recover also. Um, and that's all I have to share. Thank you. I pass. Thank you very much, Donna M. And Darian K, you're up next, followed by Hilda S. Go ahead, Darian. Oh, hi, Rick. Can you hear me okay? I sure can. Oh, great. Um, yes, this is Darian K in the Berkshires in Massachusetts, recovered compulsive overeater. So grateful to hear everybody this morning. I love, love this meeting. Um, so I was thinking um, in regard to myself and my disease, um, that, you know, I um, I really thought that it was only my problem um, that I that I wasn't affecting anybody else. That I, you know, I wasn't, I, I didn't, it didn't bother anybody that I had a food problem. It was just my problem. And it didn't even feel like it was a big problem. And I realized the hard way um, that it does. There's a ripple effect. Um, and it definitely affects the people around us. And, um, you know, I'm shown that really every day, whether I'm in, you know, recovery or in disease. I mean, thank God I've been in recovery a long time, but I still, still can have um, a negative effect on people if I don't put my faith in a higher power when it comes to, you know, getting my food at a restaurant or, um, I don't know, silly, stupid things that you would think wouldn't be a big deal, <laughs> um, you know, still, still after all these years. And so 
I really think about that part, and I, I think, yeah, you know, I have to be um, really cognizant of that as well, that it does affect other people. And, um, yeah, I, too, have a story about my daughter, and, you know, she's been in program, actually, I was in program before she was even born, and so she knows exactly um, what to do if she were going to, you know, go into program, <laughs> but she doesn't, she, she's not ready for it, she's not ready for it, and uh, it hurts, but it's, it's, um, it's got to be the way it's got to be, and so I was the best role model I could be when I had her physically in my life, and now she's, you know, really on her own and has to, um, you know, find out uh, for herself what she, what she has to do, um, and I just can be supportive um, in whatever she chooses to do. Um, you know, our way is not the only way, right, but I know I love this way of life, so it's hard for me not to want to, um, you know, coax her into it. <laughs> um, but for today, yeah, I have a higher power in my life that I, you know, that I not only pray for myself, but I pray for the people in my life. Um, and so for today, I'm glad that I have this program and I know what to do on a daily basis. So thank you, and I pass. Thank you so much, Darian K. Hilda S., you're up next, followed by Veronica C. Go ahead, Hilda. Hi, thank you. This is Hilda S. from the Food Addict. Um, I, I don't know how to – I'm having a little bit of a struggle going in the, you know, in the world and having relationships or starting, you know, dating, whatever. Um, like yesterday I went on a date and, and um, I didn't want the – you know, the bread is not part of my food plan. And the, the person, the guy I was with, who I knew, was commenting about, well, you know, why you shouldn't, you know, commenting that I'm not eating bread and that, um, you know, you know, and, and that I'm playing with the food and just I don't know how to handle saying to somebody, this is my my plan, this is what I'm comfortable with, and kind of protect my boundaries with my program with people, and this person works in what works in addiction. Um, not sure how to do that, but I do know I, I won't be seeing him because I'm really not into anyone that's critical because that is what program has taught me, you know, to take care of myself, to be self, to have self-compassion and to have boundaries and expect respect and sensitivity and not criticism. Uh, I needed to share that and uh, I'm going to work my program today as I do every day, one day at a time. And and that has to be very important in my life because it's my sanity and it's my health. It's my it's it's preventing me from getting very sick. So um, with that, I pass and thank you for your service. Thank you so much, Hilda S. Veronica C. You're up next, and then we can take a couple more names. Go ahead, Veronica. Hi, Veronica C. From New York, and um, so. Uh, I'm listening to this, and the word family um, pops out at me because I feel that, um, well, first of all, let me just say that I had been in program many years ago, and um, I stopped going to program probably about 15 years ago. And I'm just coming back again, and I was fortunate enough to find um, what I think is a soft spot to land right now. And the thought of really knowing how to integrate this with family is very confusing to me. 
I don't know how that works because I find that um, there's a lot of separation within my family unit. Not so much uh, that you could see on the outside, but there is a a lot of emotional separation, meaning that there's not a lot of of, uh, conversation that really is about sharing on certain levels, allowing another person to be a part of your life and experiencing that. And I have a daughter who recently uh, just graduated college and she moved out and she's very happy. She's finally found a boyfriend and she's very different. We can really talk, but there's one other member in, in the family and it's very, very difficult for me. So I'm finding that there is a growth that's happening with me and within this family dynamic, I don't know how this is going to play out. So I know that it's important for me to really work with myself, to really find my footing here because I'm a new person. I'm a very different person than I was 15 years ago. There might have been a lot of the same intellectual principles that I believed in and that I adhere to somewhat, but the way that I am living my life now, the way that I am feeling about my life now, those feelings are the things that are showing up in my life, and that's what I'm really uh, hooking on to and how I'm really living my life, which is more of an intuitive way of life, but it's also deeply spiritual. So I don't know where this is going to take me, but I'm willing to work on it. I'm willing to be open, and I'm willing to just work the steps and see what what happens here, what evolves. Thank you. I pass. Okay. Thanks, Veronica C. We do have time for a couple more. Who else would like to share? Freya H. Brenda A., New York. Okay, Brenda Donna A. Donna K., Ohio. Donna uh, Hold on just a second, guys. I, I had one before Brenda A, and that might be all we're going to have time for today. Who who said her name right before Brenda A? It was Freya, F-R-E-Y-A. Okay, Freya. Okay, and what's the uh, first initial of your last name? H. Okay, Freya and Brenda A. Um, that's probably all we're going to have time for Um so, Frey, if you'll go ahead um, and kick us off here for our last couple of names, and then uh, Brenda, you'll be up next. Um, good morning. It's Freya H., Recovered Compulsive Eater Bulimic in Colorado. Am I being heard? Yes, you I'll are. I just trust that being heard. Thank you so much. What an interesting paragraph. It's really good to hear everybody's thoughts on it. And for me, thinking about, okay, how does this really apply to me? And one thing that comes up is that um, anonymity doesn't mean secrecy and that I confused the two for, for a long time. I thought that it wasn't okay for me to talk about OA. I was very ashamed. And so it was, you know, it was like a big secret. And this book was written in a time when that was not the case. You know, this was this amazing good news and they wanted to share it with everybody and the families were just as overjoyed. Um, So when I work with, when I've worked with people, um, Usually their families are not involved and, you know, 
not like the way that this book was written when this book was written. And honestly, the dynamic that's usually there is the families don't get it. They just, you know, family members are like, why are you doing all this program stuff? It's taking up all your time. So that's the challenge that I, um, that I have encountered with this, that, that the family is not on board in the same way. And um, I was, I learned uh, at one point that the original manuscript of the big book had the 12 steps said, you know, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to others, especially alcoholics, and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And that was very eye-opening for me, that that the people who wrote this book and who, you know, who practiced this program in the early days, they totally understood this is not just for alcoholics. This is a way of life. And, and alcoholics especially might be a really good, you know, it's a really good resource for them, but, it, but this is not just, you know, some secret society for alcoholics. And um, I think acknowledging that this is a family disease, you know, the disease of addiction goes way deeper than just the use of the substance. It goes to, you know, it's a disease of relationships. And, you know, thankfully, since the time the book has been written, there are, um, there are groups designed to support the family. So thankfully that exists because things are different, but there are plenty of resources. So I'll leave it at that. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you for AH. And Brenda A., you've got a, a couple of minutes here. Go ahead, okay. please. Hey, good morning and thank you all for your service, all of my wonderful fellows. Um, a couple of things. When I read the first paragraph, we seldom allow an alcoholic to live in our homes. Yet, as an addict, I allowed myself to live in my home with my twisted mind, which had major impact and my allergy on my family. And once I got into program, particularly in um, in vision, I was the crazy zealot. I was on the soapbox. I was not connecting with my higher power. But I have to tell you that once I did... Okay. Um, initially, my son and his family, they don't live with me, they thought I had been taken in by a cult. And you know what? If it is, as my sponsor always said, best cult to be taken over by. But the truth of the matter is, today, I am living free, serenely, in the best part of my life that I could ever, ever hope to experience. And it's by the grace of God that I am recovered today, one day at a time. But but the bottom line is also, I have learned over and over again to apply the 12 steps to my entire life. And it is a program of attraction, not promotion. And I have learned to give away resentment and fear and dishonesty and particularly self-centeredness. And that's how I maintain my spiritual connection. So for everyone out there, for all newcomers, there is absolutely recovery waiting for you. Your higher power has reached out to you. Take his hand or her hand or whoever it be and walk on to recovery and spread the joy. That's what I hope to do every single day of my life. Thank you when I pass. Okay, perfect timing. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for 
a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, November 8, 2021, is 18,046. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Nancy P. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggested only. Hi, good morning. <clears throat> good morning, Rick. Good morning, everybody. Nancy P. recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.